if I tell somebody, somebody they're gonna look at me like I'm crazy because you shouldn't be dealing with that. You're you're 30 years old, you shouldn't be dealing with this. You're 35, you shouldn't be dealing. You're 40 years old, you shouldn't be dealing. With, and everybody has uh, a timetable where things should start and when things should end. There's a there's a time frame for when you're supposed to feel this and when you're not supposed to feel it. it is. And we have all these gauges and rules and numbers and guidelines and all these things. And it almost causes people when they see that to pull back and say, you know what? No one's ever gonna understand what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, how I see things, you know, because I feel I can't talk to nobody because all I'm gonna hear back is rules, regulations, boundaries, this, that, and the third. And, and so that, that kind of restricts our voice from even speaking up. Hey, Recreators, this is Nick, and you're listening to the Life Recreated Podcast, the show that dives into learning, healing, and growing in mind, body, and spirit. Each week, we tackle the difficult conversations so that we can learn how to fully walk in the freedom as a new creation. So if you're ready to learn, let's dive in. Hey, so before we dive into this content, I want to tell you about a new community that we've just built. Listen, if you're a man out there and you're feeling stuck and you're feeling frustrated and you really want to find a place where you can learn how to live your purpose, how to live your power and how to live your God given position, then this is the community for you. We just opened up a new community. It's a safe place where men can learn, can heal and grow in this community. And so I want to invite you, if you're a man out there, it's free for you to hop on, man. We'll have monthly meetups. We'll have different challenges in there just to help us grow as men. So consider joining Recreated Man, this new community. I'm going to put a link down below. Let's get into this content. Hey, what's going on? This is Nick. We're back with Life Recreated, where it's all about learning, healing, and growing. And I am super excited to have a really good, dear friend of mine. We go back. He's been a dear friend of mine. We have both served in our military together. Uh, Not actually together, but just served in the military at one point. So we're both veterans. Uh, We both served in the ministry um, at some point in our lives. And so I had that experience and had that, that exposure. And I remember just when, uh, you know, like I first became a Christian, became a believer and just somebody to look up to, man, really helped me out and uh, really set an example of uh, something to strive for as far as communicating, as far as just, just a solid, solid brother, man, and been a really good friend of mine, man. And so, um, today I got on the show with me, a good friend of mine, uh, Kevin, uh, Thibodeau, man. How's it going, Kev? What's going on, Nikki? What's going yes, on? Sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, how's everything been for you, man? I know it's been, you know, I know this is our first time kind of jumping into this, but uh, but I always like to, you know, just start with, with seeing how everything has been for you, bro. Well, first off, before we get started, look, I appreciate you allowing me the only person to call you Nikki. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that's yeah. just been something from, from, from day one. So, you know, I appreciate uh, that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sure. Every time, every time I see Roberta, you know, maybe she posts something or she says something. I say, "Tell Nikki, I say what's up," you know. So uh, she yeah. knows, she knows it's me. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, and you're correct. Nah. You're the only person in life that I've ever, I've ever been like. You know what? He can call me Nikki. That's it. There <laughs> you go. I love it, man. I love it. That's great. Yeah. But now, man, every everything's been good, man. You know, staying busy with the family. 
uh, most of all, investing into them and, uh, you know, just just enjoying life, man. That's good. Enjoying man. life. That's good. That's good. The reason, man, that I actually, um, you know, I had asked you to, to come on and have this conversation with me is we've talked over the years and we, we both have a, a similar experience and we've kind of experienced some um, some of the similar things in, in our background, kind of like where we came from and the things that we we have uh, gone through, man. And, you know, just recently we had been talking and I've been really talking with a lot of of um, guys that I know and, and just just folks that I respect and folks that I I like to, to, you know, just gain some knowledge from and gain some wisdom from. And a lot of the things that I've been really talking to guys about lately is, you know, our mental health, like where we're at, especially in our generation, especially after the pandemic, especially after what we've experienced over the last couple of years, man. Like, I really believe that this situation has exposed um, for us um, a lot of, of issues that like, we just need to kind of address and like really talk about. And that's what I wanted to kind of dive into a little bit today, man, and kind of, you know, kind of create like a platform where it's comfortable for men to really kind of dive into it and talk to it. But before we kind of get into that, I want to know and hear a little bit about like your background. Cause I know, like I mentioned, you were in the, we were in the military right before give, give us a little bit of, of like who you are, like what, what, um, a little bit about Kev. I know I know you were in the military before that, but but give give me a give me a, a like a synopsis of of who Kevin Thibodeau is. Well, you know, uh, obviously, you know, people that listening, you hear last name Thibodeau, born and raised in Louisiana. You know, love it. Proud to be from Louisiana. Uh, taught me a lot. You know, the upbringing, uh, from the food to to how I interact with people, how, you know, all this was ingrained and instilled in me at a young age growing up in the South, uh, in Louisiana. And I tend to tell people that Louisiana is slightly different from a lot of other states, uh, not just in the U.S., but even in the South, you know. And I, I think the mindset sometimes is to, is to bunch every state in the South as being the same. You know, and, you know, Louisiana, they would label Mississippi and Alabama as like your poor states and all this other stuff. But growing up, I never saw myself as poor. Did I have everything I wanted? No, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but so, you know, grew up single mom. Mom was never married. Uh, uh, and my father, I knew who he was, but didn't have a, uh, an in-depth relationship with him if I, if I needed to talk to him or uh, when he had time, uh, I could see him or talk with him, you know, but it wasn't, it wasn't a, an investment. You know, I, I can't say that my, my father ever invested into my life. So, um, moving forward to that, you know, graduated high school and joined the Navy and got married at a young age, been married to, to Kerry, uh, for 20 years. We celebrated 20 years of of marriage uh, in April of this Man, year. Yeah, congratulations! Twenty yeah. years, God. Twenty Lee. years. Woo! That's uh, got good, got man. got married young. Got married young. Uh, How old were you when you got married? Got married at twenty. I had we had Jordan at oh. at nineteen, and we got married at twenty. I was God. turning twenty one that year. Carrie had matter of fact, we got married on Carrie's birthday, so she oh, had just wow. turned twenty, <laughs> and I was turning twenty one later that year. 
Man, yeah, that is kind of that's that's young. That's young. Yeah. Well, to yeah, because like you know nowadays people be they be they be stretching it out to like you know thirties, and, and I'm like, yeah, no, I'd rather probably get married younger. That's good. But but you know something, man, like being married young, you had all this peer pressure, and when I say peer pressure, not just from your peers, but from everybody, from society, from you too young to be married, you got your life to live, you got you know this that going on you know uh go and 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 travel and do this and you know all this stuff you used to hear and you know being young if you're not strong enough you you give into that Mm. to that um to that mantra of living when you when you're 20 years old you're too young it's not going to work it's not going to this and you know we've been married 20 years and you know no marriage is a perfect marriage you you know uh anybody that's been married for some time can can uh, uh attest to that it's there's no perfect marriage but you learn to stick by by the woman that's in your life or the man that's in your life and i can say without a shadow of doubt carrie has held me down when we had nothing uh, <laughs> you know she stuck by my side she encouraged me she she did everything that i didn't know a wife was supposed to do because i didn't know what a marriage looked like in my own home because my mom was never married you know mm. uh, so, so with with that being said now that I, I think you brought up a good point man just to think about is looking back on it now that y'all have been married 20 years i mean how would you describe the magnitude of having carrie and your wife in your life as far as things that you've done accomplished like how how, how would you say that she played a role in some of the things you tried over your life well i will say that I'll, without a shadow of a doubt i wouldn't be the man i am today because one thing she used to tell me when we were teenagers you a good man you just don't know it mm. uh, and <laughs> this I, is know, when y'all were teenagers we, we were we were 18 19 years old yeah but still that's old. young right yeah that's, that's young yeah. and she 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 saw something in me and she began to speak something to me that yeah i'd never heard that my mama wasn't affectionate where she could she would speak those types of words into me or you know encourage me that you can do anything son like okay for instance people will see me and say oh you must have played football when you were in high school because of my bill short stature mm-hmm. stocky you know this that and the third not I, I played football in junior high and I didn't have anybody to come to my games to watch, you know. I didn't have a mom to come and support me. I didn't have a dad. Now all my my cousins, my friends, they all their parents would come and cheer them on and whatnot. So when I got to high school, I'm like, you know, who am I playing for? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have anybody in the stands I can look to and see they cheering for me. I don't, you know. So that kind of I didn't really recognize it when I was in high school. But looking back, that's how I felt. And I could, I could, um, I could acknowledge those feelings later on. And I knew that's why I did because, you know, I had no one. I, every time I was going to football practice, it wasn't, you know, no one there picking me up to, hey, son, how was this? You know, good job. I can't watch you practice. I, I, I traveled to your games. I did this. It was no one there. So for me, I just kind of pushed it away. And, I say you know what yeah I'll, let, I'll go and support my friends but you know i don't have nobody to support me so i just kind of left it alone 
It's interesting that you say that is because like for me, it was almost similar in a sense, but it was kind of like it, it was sim- like it, similar in a sense, but but kind of opposite a little bit, because um, for me, I, like my parents were really into like books. They were like education and like, you know, school. And so when I wanted to play sports, they were like, no, 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 you need to focus on this. So, you know, I didn't almost like kind of you like you were saying, it's like you know that you have that competitiveness, you know that you have that athletic ability, but it's like what really pushes you if you don't have anybody kind of showing up and, and really being yeah. there to kind of encourage you, you know what I mean? So so I yeah. can definitely feel you on that. So now y'all met early. So when when you uh, so you and Carrie y'all met when y'all were when y'all, y'all were in high school when y'all met? No, no, we met uh I've been out of high school about a year. A little okay. over a year. And we, okay. we kind of, we we met and you know, she let her tell the story. She said, Oh well, he texted me. I mean he paged me, you know, he back then we, we had we had people, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. You know, he, he beat me and uh, right. you know, uh and he, you know, I said, Yeah. But I said, Look, I was a man of my word, you know, if I said I was going, she said, Well, yeah, you did say that, you know, if 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 I said I was gonna page you at at 9 30 9 30 you was expecting the page from and you were getting the page so you know we would laugh about stuff like that and uh and uh i remember i uh (laughs) we had been married maybe seven years at this point Ooh, okay and i remember i was i was just relaxing in the tub one night uh in norfolk off of uh, arrowwood and she was in there we were just having a conversation and i sat up abruptly i said now i realize why i married you and you know at this point being married for (laughs) seven plus years you know i'm saying you think most women would probably get upset oh now you realize why you married me yeah and and she said (laughs) It was kind of funny. She said, "Well, I want to hear this." I said, "Yeah, uh, for sure." <laughs> she said, it. It, "It was it was strange because it had the what I when it came out, it had nothing to do with the conversation we were we were talking about." Yeah. So I told, I said, "You know what? Your friendship. You have always been a friend, and you you've been by my side from day one." And uh... you know, I, I said, and then she said, she said, "I can accept that." I can accept that. Yeah. You know, uh, but it, it was, it was kind of one of those funny moments, uh, for us. And I kind of, I kind of tell it to people, you know, on, um, you know, to, to lighten things up about marriage and, you know, like sometimes your why in the beginning, is not always your why in the middle, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Because you, you haven't really processed a lot of things up until that point. So right. it's kind of one of the funny things. Uh, I kind of tell, but it, it, it has some truth to it uh, in the same sense. Yeah, for sure. And then I think too, it's like, I think you just really made a really good point. Your why in the beginning is not always going to be the same as your why in the middle or mm-hmm. kind of moving forward. You know, me and my wife, we've been just talking lately about how, you know, life is really like cycles, right? Seasons. Like, it's like, you know, we, we see the same, you know, a lot of times the same seasons kind of can come around and we kind of experience the same seasons. 
And, you know, in the beginning, you kind of just don't think that that's going to happen, right? You just think mm-hmm. that this is always going to be great and this is always going to be fun. And, you know, I'm not saying that marriage is not that, but just recognizing that you're going to go through those different cycles and those different seasons um, in that relationship, man. And and uh, and just being aware of it, you know what I'm saying? And knowing that it's going to come, but then knowing that it can kind of come back around, you know? Yeah, because depending on who you talk to, you know, some people will only give you that the seasons that you're going to live in are all terrible seasons. And yeah. then you may you may talk to some other people that may tell you that all the seasons you have, it's going to be great seasons. It's, it's never that transitional seasons that you that you never prepare for. You say, oh, well, I can prepare for all the good times. Yeah, anybody can do things when it's good and the bad times. OK, well, how do I get to it? But let's talk about those transitional because sometimes you don't see the season being in a good form transition into bad or you being in the bad season to transition into good. Right. You know, right. nobody ever talks about those transitional times. Hmm. So now let's, let's kind of think about that for a little bit, because I think the transition times are really the number one. I think sometimes they're like the scary times, right? Cause obviously mm-hmm. there's a lot going on where you're just like, yo, I don't understand how, why this is happening or what's happening. But so for you guys, being married that young, did y'all experience like a lot of those situations where y'all would transition through these different seasons of marriage? Cause, cause I mean, being married that young, I mean, y'all are just really like, I mean, you're doing two things, right? You're learning life, right. And uh-huh. learning how to be on your own. And then now you're learning how to be married and be a unit and be together. Like, so. Well, let's make, let's, let's add another one. Let's say it's three things. Cause we had Jordan. So you had Jordan a baby. Yeah, exactly. we had a baby. So. Golly, um, yeah. I, I'll say this. In the beginning, we knew nothing. Um, we, we, we knew what we saw around us. And, you know, the easiest thing for you to do when you're young is mimic what you see and what you hear and not understand why you're saying what you're saying and doing what you're doing. It's, it's much easier to mimic something than to really dig into the why. And so at 20, we get married. Jordan was uh, a few months old at the time. Um, well, actually she was a little, well, a couple, almost, she was a year and a half at the time. So we, we knew nothing. So I, I wouldn't even call the seasons of us early, being married early, any a type of season, it was just, you know, kind of adjusting, like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, not really understanding anything. I joined the military. Jordan was, what, three months old. I joined, she she was born in July. I joined the military in October. Um, I was gone for uh, boot camp and A school. Then I went to the ship. Carrie uh, came and visited me. Then I moved them up there. So about a year, I was gone. So my mindset had to shift from being a, a new new father then getting married but being away and still being in this military life um thinking that you're single because everybody else around you is single and they're young and, <laughs> and real, this, right? <laughs> you know and then you know having to to understand that everyone else everyone else's life is not your own. Um, and so 
I struggled with that in my younger years. Um, looking at someone else's life and figuring out, well, it's going to work out like that for me. Or no, or I defended a position that I really didn't believe in just because it was maybe the popular thing. Or I rejected uh, sound advice or sound wisdom that was given to me because it didn't coincide with what I wanted to do at that certain point in my life. So those seasons were, I, I don't even know, but when we got on the same page, now the season, I could say the seasons began. Um, and so we went from a bad season to transition into a good season, yeah. but did, didn't know how that was all playing out, but it kind of gravitated towards that. You know, we, we couldn't tell the, the pinpoint moment. We couldn't pinpoint, okay, I've traveled uh, 600 miles. I have 600 miles to go to my destination of a good season. We couldn't do that. But right. we knew that we was on this journey, moving away from what we considered bad to something that was much better. And it was, you know, it put us in a place. And, and, and being that we were 20, 21 years old, away from, from mama, away from daddy, brothers, sister, cousins, aunts, uncles, you know, we learned to start depending on ourselves, you know, and, or well, not on ourselves, on each other, should I say. Mm -hmm. Um, and that caused the bond in our relationship and in our marriage to grow even stronger because we had no one else to depend on but one another. And obviously, God became a part of that picture where we started depending on him uh, or learning how to depend on him at a young age. So that, like I said, I, when we finally got to a season, I call it the bad season, we transitioned to a good season, but didn't even see how I was transitioning. But we know that when we arrived in this season of life, it's like, man, this is good. It's so much better than where we were before. Mm. And so what I hear, but there's a lot of good nuggets you just said in just that little chunk. Number one, I, I, I hear you saying that you and, and Carrie, y'all got to like a point where you said, you know what, we have to look at this. Almost what I was kind of hearing was like, we have to look at this as a journey. Like we're not, this is not just, uh, uh, you know, like a one time kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, like you mentioned when y'all got on the same page and you started saying, okay, let's learn how to like depend on each other. Let's learn how to like work through this with each other. You know, like I think a lot of times, especially when you're younger like that, right? You get into like these relationships thinking that that one time of excitement is going to be what this whole relationship is going to be. And then you're like, mm -hmm. well, nah, it's more than just this one time. Yeah, all that is good when you're young. And you know what I mean? Like just mm -hmm. all that, you know, that just that excitement that you have. It's good, but it's really a journey. And when y'all mm -hmm. looked at it as a journey and you said, hey, let's figure this out and let's work together at this. Um, it, it, you know, like that's when you, you were able to transition into seasons, into a different season. And so for you guys, though, I mean, that had to be really good because did this all happen kind of after you were in the military, like with that whole transition and then <clears throat> everything like that? Or, Well, yeah. So the, the first year and a half of my military career, it was, you know, I was away. Um, we tried to, to work things out. She finally moved to VA. Um, we lived together for a couple months and then we separated because 
I said, well, I don't know if I'm ready for this. And, mm. and when, when we separated, um, she moved back to Louisiana. She had bought a whole bunch of stuff. She was excited, you know, this and my, her excitement wasn't matched by me. I seen it more as like, okay, okay, okay. You know, it, it wasn't that excitement because I, I didn't, I didn't understand the magnitude of such a sacred decision that we made. So we, we split up, uh, I call it split up, but I ended up leaving uh, and going on deployment. And during deployment is when um, things started realigning itself for, for absolutely the best. And this is where I say the, the bad transition slowly started into the good transition. Because when I went on cruise, something happened and i remember i contacted her from overseas i said look uh we can't get a divorce she's like why i said we just can't get a divorce you know and you know while i was on cruise you know most most women or young ladies at the time you have full access to a man's money I, you know you're an e3 in the military you ain't making much money especially yeah. back in the early 2000s it wasn't <laughs> But what she did was she took that money, and this is where I knew, not, not that I knew, but I was, I was assured that she was on my team. The money that I was sending back to her or that she had access to, she was paying off my bills, paying my debt. And when I came back, I had money in the bank. It wasn't Dang. those horror stories where, you know. Yeah, so she was taking wife, care of you. Yeah, she was <laughs> taking care of me. So yeah. immediately when we got back to the States, uh, we we pulled into Jacksonville. I think we did a, a Tiger cruise, and I left from there. And I think I drove or I flew from from Jacksonville to Louisiana. Went meet her, got my car, her and, and my daughter. We had no place to live. We knew some friends. We went and spent maybe two weeks living with them. Found an apartment, and once again, that transitional led us into one of the best seasons of our lives. Uh, Man, so that's good. So now, so 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 all of that. Th th so so you guys had this transition. So what? So now is that that the transition where, you know, like I know obviously you and I we met in, in church and we met in that kind of atmosphere. Was this the trans? Like was that part of the the transition that happened? Like where you guys kind of went into the church and things kind of changed, or what? What happened to cause that transition? Yeah, it it was it was that you know. Uh... Shout out to Will Beasy, Will Bowers, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we was on cruise together, man, and uh, Christine Dewberry and, you know, a few other guys, Houston Denard, you know, we was all on cruise and, and we ended up giving our life to Christ. And, you know, it was a transitional phase for us, but we knew something was changing. So when we got back off a of cruise, we all went uh, head first, head first and, and being a part of, of uh of the body of christ you know gotcha. uh so and then we started learning things and you know applying things and we started seeing change and i was like okay okay um because at that time you know uh no one had ever taught me how to think it was always what to think you mm. know and that that's i, I i'll say this i'll interject this that's dangerous 
for not only myself when I was young, but for this generation and even adults. If you don't know how to think, someone will always tell you what to think. And that's going to cause you to be so uneasy within yourself because you would not be able to identify or detect who you really are, who you really supposed to grow into being. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Dang, that's a good line right there, bro. If you don't learn how to think, somebody's always going to tell you what to think. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely true. So do you, do you feel like, so with kind of moving into that, and, you know, I've talked about some, uh, some of our experience and things that we experienced in the church. I don't know how, you know, how deep, you don't have to, get too deep into it so because how long how long were you guys in in the church for like like time wise that, that you can think of um at that time when we are just all together just all together i guess yeah just all together because like i'm just trying to put together like okay y'all had this transition you know things were rough had this transition you you were in the church now you're there for for some time kind of you know, like, I, you, like you don't have to walk through exactly, you know, like maybe each different set, but just maybe an overall kind of of how that time period went for you guys um, and, and in the relationship. Uh, like I said, we we were introduced. <laughs> it was funny. The first time we got an invitation, uh, we got dressed up. We was in the apartment and uh, she had just moved to VA. And we got into the parking lot of the church and we had a disagreement about something. I don't remember what it was. We disagreed and we was in the parking lot getting ready to go and we burnt off. I said, man, I'm not going up in there. I'm not going up in there. Oh, dang, you never, you didn't go in? I didn't go in. I didn't go in. We had received a flyer uh, on the corner of, of Granville and Little Creek, that corner. Yeah. And, you know, we, we went and we was in the parking lot. Like, I remember we sitting in the parking lot and we started talking about something. I forget what it was, but uh, we didn't go. So that was 2002. Fast forward to 2003, I end up going out because Will invited me. Um, actually, when I called her and told her we couldn't get a divorce, it was before... I went on deployment because Will had invited me to a service and he was, uh, we was in a school and he was like, Hey bro, you want to, you want to come to church? I said, yeah, man, look, man, I'm gonna beat you over. He said, nah, man, I'm gonna just wait for you. You can, you can drive your own car, but you can follow me. I said, okay, whatever. So we went, uh, ironically, the sermon was about marriage. Uh, <laughs> and, and, but it, it, it was, it was a Wednesday night. It wasn't like it was a marriage sermon or anything like that. Right. And the only thing that stuck out to me is that if you get a divorce, you bring a curse upon your life. And, and that, that freaked me out. And after that, I called her and I told her, I said, look, we can't get a divorce. She said, why? I said, I don't, I don't know why. Um, and this was shortly before we was getting ready to deploy overseas. Okay. Uh, but I still, I, at that point when we deployed, I still wasn't so sure, but something sh- broke on deployment and i came back and i said look let's 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 make this work and you know i got back and like i said i got him her and jordan brought him back and um the the rest is history gotcha Uh, and so you figure i i first visited in 03 and at least 10 years gotcha gotcha so 10 years okay so i know um 
you know, you're there for the 10 years. I mentioned before that you were part, you were in ministry and you you were in ministry together. So kind of like fast forwarding a little bit, um, you had got it. Was it something that like you were there for a little while and you kind of decided, hey, this is something that I wanted to 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 put my life into as far as ministry is concerned? Like when did that shift kind of happen um, for you during that time period? So I'm... Um... I was just evaluating my life uh, maybe a couple of days ago. I was just thinking about who I am and, and how I, I function, right? At that time of my life, I didn't realize, but I can acknowledge it now. I always had this desire to want to be a part of something bigger than myself. Didn't know how to uh, elaborate on it at that time, but I just felt like, you know what? Maybe, maybe answering this, maybe that'll give me a fulfillment in my life that I never thought I had. Um, it, it was never, it was never out of pride or arrogance. I say, oh well, I can do that better than him, or um, watch me um, get up here and do this. It was, I was just a a normal cat that just enjoyed interacting with people, talking. I, you know, I like to clown. I'm a jokester. Um, like to see people laughing. You know, they. You know, we laugh together. Um, I'm real personal. Uh, like, you know, I like to talk and, and, and be real with people. So I thought by entering into the ministry that this was something bigger than myself. Uh, but also, I, I wanted someone to be proud of me. Um, mm. whether, whether it was my mama, whether it was my sisters, aunts, uncles, because I always felt like I was a failure in life uh, up until this point. So I joined the military because I know I needed something to do and I needed to have a way of providing for, for my wife, my, my new wife and my new daughter. Um, but I, I always had this long enough. I just want somebody to be proud of me, right? So uh, my sister, she went on to college, got her master's degree. My mama went to college, got her degree. Later on, she got her master's. And so here I am, I have no college education. I'm a military guy. And um, in, in my mind, somehow I just wanted somebody to be proud of me. Um, even, 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 even God be proud of me. Like, like I'm doing him a favor by doing his, you know what I'm saying? This is all, all right. Me. You know, um, he's giving me the gift and the, and the opportunity. But I, I just wanted to feel like I was a part of something bigger than myself. And I, I just wanted someone to be proud of me. Um, and so that kind of, kind of few, some of my, my intent, um, on wanting to enter the ministry. Um, but I, I, you know, it, it was a fearful thing for me, obviously, uh, didn't know what to expect. Uh, but once we got, we dove in, uh, head first and, you know, we, we enjoyed it, you know, um. And I always, I always kept in the forefront of my mind, why am I doing this? And it, it was for the people. I want to help people. So I studied not only to show myself approved, but I also studied so that when I came across people who needed to hear something, that there was something inside of me, a reserve inside of me that I can help deliver that, the, those words to, to people who, who may have needed them, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it's... <laughs> There, there was a, a saying that we used to say that a lot of times the thing that you go through is not for you, 
And so I, looking back, even up 20 years later, being married, some of the things we went through in our marriage, obviously we had to go through them, but the people we were meeting after that went through the same thing. So now guess what we got? Well, we still see you guys married, look like y'all happy. Yeah, this is what we did, you know? And we kind of gave people some pointers. Hey, you know, I won't say the, the, the success, I mean, the, uh, the recipe for successful marriage is X, Y, and Z, but this is what we did. And, you know, and so a lot of people went through a lot of the things that we went through that we had no clue, but we had something to give them and, and experience is sometimes a, a, a great tool and a great teacher that, you know, you can't go pay somebody to, to give you advice about, you know what I'm saying? For sure. For sure. So, Def- hmm. But I think, I think, I think too, you made a really good point. Um, and I want to kind of go back to this cause I, you brought something up, man. And I, I don't know. I mean, when you said it, I think that is something that a lot of us deal with and that we definitely wrestle with. Um, and I never really, I wouldn't say I never really, but you know, like sometimes we don't really think about, about how much this drives us. And you, you mentioned that you just wanted somebody to be proud of you. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like when you look at a lot of times, like even if we just use men, right. If we just look at men, a lot of times we'll um, choose certain uh, occupations, we'll choose certain careers, we'll choose all these different things to gain success because we want someone to feel proud of us. Where do you, where, where do you think that that comes from? Because it, it, I feel like it can be like such a common thing for us to really deal with and face with um, across the board. I mean, where do you think this issue of us like, needing to have somebody to feel proud of us or, 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 you know, want somebody to be proud of what we've done. Where do you think that, that comes from, man? I mean, maybe even in your life or even just in general. Well, I'm, I'm going to speak about me because I can't say that, you know, one shoe fits everybody, but not, not having that growing up really, really probably started the, the whirlwind or the, or the, the cycle in my life to long for something that you didn't know you were longing for and you get it and you not know how to deal with it going back to what i mentioned earlier about carrie would tell me you a good man you just don't know it go go what you talking about what you talking about you know you you just you just trying to and i had never heard those words before right so she was proud of me, even at my worst. But I didn't know how to receive that. So mm-hmm. to, to want it and you finally receive it, you don't know how to, how to accept it. And you think, you think, and so that, that, that kind of breeds you being skeptical about people coming in your life and saying good things about you, or you becoming a cynic about, you know, uh somebody giving you some type of praise and i was always a type to like nah man that no oh man that was real good that was this and you know thank you yeah okay you know and i i didn't know how to accept it because i had never received those types of things in my life before to be able to reciprocate that when someone would tell me something nice or give me some type of affirmation or tell me that they was proud of me i didn't know how to reciprocate it and say oh thank you you know you know, this goes back, you know, I, I didn't know that. So for me, it was 
I didn't know how to take compliments. You know, mm. I always thought there was a, a motive behind somebody telling me something nice or, or saying something. And, you know, even, even as an adult, I, I sometimes still have a, 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 a way of receiving certain compliments. Cause sometimes you, once again, the, the skeptical cynic side, you just never know people's motives. And it could be as pure as it can be as organic as, as all get out, but you, you don't know that. So that goes into a, your protection shield comes down. They say, well, I got to protect my heart because I don't want to get my head blown up. And then later on, you go and tell me something that just crushes my feelings. And you know what I'm saying? So I would use that as my, my, my shield mechanism to, to fend off unwanted compliments or, or uh, artificial compliments. You know what I'm saying? So for me, that's, I did that and not even knowing it. And as I got older, I started realizing it. So, um, you know, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, well, I think, I think the good thing is, like you said, getting older and you starting to recognize it. I think it kind of segues into to a little bit of like the conversation that I kind of want to want, want to touch on because, you know, when you say that and kind of explain it that way, I think that a lot of us, especially I feel like as men, and I'm not, you know, I always try and be careful with, with how to, how to, um, categorize this right because mm -hmm. you know this is the issue that either one of us it doesn't matter what you know where we come from or what we deal with um we, we're gonna have kind of like that struggle of wrestle with like always kind of like seeking these things to almost validate like who we are as individuals you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. or or how good we are at something and then i think really it what you say as far as like not even being able to receive compliments you know what i'm saying like not even being able to receive praise i think it's something that a lot of us really grow up with because it's so it's so sometimes so awkward for us to hear somebody say hey you did a really good job mm -hmm. right without us being like well, what are you up to? Like, what are you trying to get out of me? Or why are you saying that? Or are you really see are you really seeing like what I just did? Like, how can you say that? That's really a good job. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, but it but it but it really circles back around to a lot of how we view ourselves and our self-worth. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you really think about what we're talking about and kind of like the vein I'm hearing even is when you look at like what Carrie was telling you when you were coming up and being like you're a good man, you just don't know it right you move on to hearing these compliments you move on to hearing people saying hey that really helped me or i'm proud of you or this and that it's like well why are you telling me this and it really circles back to our struggle and our wrestle with us feeling like we're really have something that's worthy of us um getting those compliments and hearing those things do you think for you as a man that over time now that you're aware of it you are able to kind of receive it a little bit more now, or do you, do you feel it's like a struggle still? No, no, no. Now, now it's, it's more because I've learned to not think into things as deep. Cause one of my, one mm -hmm. of my, I guess I want to call it, it can be a, a strength and it can be a flaw or a weakness is sometimes I overthink. Yeah. I'm a thinker by nature. Um, and so, like to analyze things 
whether it be compliments, whether it be criticism, uh, whatever the case is, I'm going to analyze it from different angles because sometimes what's said is not really said from the, from the vantage point of help or what's said is not really said from the vantage point of hurt. Uh, so now I have to, I have to go back into my mind and, and start analyzing and pulling out what I think was meant by that. Not really clarifying, hey, Nick, what you meant when you said X, Y, and Z. I, I wouldn't approach you, but now I'm going to wrestle with this in my own mind um, to see how it fits a narrative that I have of myself. With that being said, uh, that causes a lot of confusion. Um, and I, I'm not, I'm not a... a uh, what you call it? I'm not a person that I'm not. I'm not a confrontational person. So gotcha. if 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 it was unclear on what was said or I I misinterpreted it in my own mind, I'll let it go. Would I let it pass? No, but I'll let it go. But I'm still thinking about it. So now I got my intent is to watch your actions after what you just said. So no longer I'm listening to what you said. I want to see what actions follow what you said. So that's where my my whole analysis starts to bridge words and actions together. And either it could affirm what was being said or it can dismiss what was being said. And so I didn't realize I was doing that at a young age, but that's how, once again, that was my, my defense mechanism, I call it, uh, mm -hmm. to protect my, protect my own heart. Right. So I, I think to even to bring up the defense mechanism, man, I think I, when you really think about as you start to get, you know, like as you start to live life and you're, you're getting a little bit older, you realize how many of these defense mechanisms that we really build up over time. You know what I'm saying? Like even something like you just mentioned just now, it's it's not a huge thing. It's not something that but it, it is something that we throw up. It's like a shield that we kind of throw up to like kind of protect ourselves mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying to, to to really just say okay well i have to i have to keep at people at arm's length and one of the things that i think that 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 is an issue that sometimes it can cause for us is that when we're always like defending ourselves we never allow people to get close enough for us to really open up to mm -hmm. really kind of you know be who who we are and you know like and, and and just you know just really like just express like okay like who we really are and what we really want to say what we really want to you know bring to the world because we're always defending ourselves now mm -hmm. i know like we said we we were both in ministry we kind of both transitioned and and you know had that do you feel like some of um like that experience and kind of like what we learned during that time period or what you could have learned during that time period kind of helped make some of those shifts from always needing to be defensive or do you think that that kind of could have heightened it a little bit more um I, you know what that's that's a good question um because definitely i want to say it taught me how to combat a lot of a lot of things um but some of the internal struggles you may develop, and I'm going to say develop uh, while in ministry, uh, you're almost like you're tossed in the middle of the sea without, without a life raft and how to, how to survive those things. And, and, you know, 
entering to the ministry and learning things about it taught you one thing, but the internalization of, of other conflicts that arose inside of you, you, you really didn't know how to, to be able to stay afloat and you felt like you were drowning on the inside. But the problem with drowning on the inside is that now what you was defending off, now you're living with because you can't really speak to someone about it without maybe them viewing you in a certain light mm. um that that maybe sometimes it's only in your mind but you're thinking here the skepticism and the cynicism uh uh begins to re rear its ugly head against like well if i tell nick what i'm really feeling on the inside then you know how's he going to look at me we both in ministry we both supposed to be doing this and i'm struggling with x y and z you know that he's going to look at me well man what you doing you know why you shouldn't be feeling you shouldn't and you know in my mind that's how i perceive what you would think about me after i just maybe uh spoke a word and you know oh thank you for that man that helped me that helped me but really on the inside i'm speaking about myself on this topic <laughs> It helps someone else, but I really don't know how I'm helping myself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> For sure. Yeah, no, no, I feel you. I feel you. I feel, and then I think too, what, what that brings up too is, I feel like that causes a lot of the struggle for you to even want to reach out for help in general. Right. Like you right. said, if I'm in that mix and I'm out here and I'm like telling all these folks, Hey, and trying to encourage other people, but really I'm like, Oh, this stuff is for me. You almost kind of box yourself in and even, even not just even in ministry, but just like, even as a man in general, I feel like a lot of times this is some of the internal struggle that we face when it's like, okay, I want to reach out for help. But if I tell like my homeboy, if I come to you like Kevin and say, Hey, I'm dealing with this or struggling with this. Oh, well, what are they going to think of me? How are they going to view me? And it causes, we box ourselves in to that. Right. And I, you know, in ministry, I think there's a little bit more of a heightened kind of thing there, you know, cause you, you know, you, sometimes you feel like you need to, act a certain way or you know talk a certain way or be portrayed a certain way I and mean, it makes it kind of harder but even if so now let me ask you this with that being said after ministry so so because like right now you're currently not in like you know we're both not kind of like <clears throat> currently actively in ministry like that but when you when you transitioned out of that and you kind of moved away from that do you feel like you still had a lot a lot of that same internal struggle of reaching out to ask for help even though you're not now in like a ministry position or something like that i did up until a point where i said you know what i can't be the only one feeling like this and so mm. you know you 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 do a test run you throw a test run out there and i'll come to you and i say nikki look uh man you know what i uh i'm having trouble sleeping at night just just something small like that he said, man, you know what, man? I had the same thing. Oh, really? So now we got a connection. So now I'm connecting with you on a topic, right? And most of our conversation when we talk may circle back to this topic of not being able to sleep. Okay. So if he's dealing with that, well, let me see what else I got inside of me that, that's really bothering me, really nagging at me. Hey, and then I bring up another topic and you tell him you're dealing with the same thing. So slowly my ease of guilt of feeling a certain way 
it's being relieved slowly because I, re I realized that I'm not the only person that's dealing with this particular thing. Where in my mind, I'm the only one. And if I tell somebody, somebody they're going to look at me like I'm crazy because you shouldn't be dealing with that. You're, you're 30 years old, you shouldn't be dealing with this. You're 35, you shouldn't be dealing. You're 40 years old, you shouldn't be dealing. With and everybody has uh, a timetable where things should start and when things should end. There's a, there's a time frame for when you're supposed to feel this and when you're not supposed to feel it. it is, and we have all these gauges and rules and numbers and guidelines and all these things. And it almost causes people when they see that to pull back and say, you know what? No one's ever going to understand what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, how I see things, you know, because I feel I can't talk to nobody because all I'm going to hear back is rules, regulations, boundaries, this, that, and the third. And, and so that, that kind of restricts our voice from even speaking up, you know? So as I got older and uh, no longer in ministry, I, I started putting feelers out there. For people that you know i have respect for for people that you know i feel i could i could talk to about certain topics and as i began talking to them i started finding out that i'm not the only one mm. i'm like you mean to tell me for for the last 15 20 years i've been thinking like i'm i'm boxed in by myself and nobody understands what i'm feeling it's only me and you know what then i start thinking well what if i were to say something earlier Mm, yeah you, you know, feel like yeah 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 you know what what if i would have said but you, i can't live that way so now i know that you know even some of the recent conversations you and i had you're like yo you know i'm like yeah he's like yeah and you know it, it, we going back and forth because <laughs> yeah. you know that the the liberty is there to talk about it without the the fear of being ostracized because of what you think how you think when you thought it who you thought it around what they would have thought when you thought it and you know all these these scenarios that that we play in our own mind that really doesn't really exist you know mm -hmm. um yeah, yeah. so that I, I think you know that's uh as i got older i, I feel more apt to talk about it you know be be real with myself like you know, not not to not to push anything off on somebody for that for now it to be their burden, but to really just talk it out and see, hey, am I crazy? You 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 know, I thought this. Do you think what what what, what about this? Like because as thoughts come through our mind and we don't process them rightly, or they go unchecked, and then we voice it to somebody else. To us, it sounds crazy, but let me see what somebody else thinks. Hey, you know, I, I thought about this idea. What do you think? No, nah, you're not crazy at all. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> all right, yeah, you get it. You get a little. You get a little bit of confirmation that you, you're yeah. all right. And you know what? I think, and I appreciate you saying that because I think when, especially recently, I noticed that for for a lot of times, you know, for us as men, that's really hard for us to really do. You know, and I, and I appreciate you sharing how it really kind of is like what you said is really how we approach it. A lot of times we'll throw out a feeler, we'll uh -huh. throw something out there. You know what I mean? We'll be like, all right, let me say if I say this, you know, we'll, we'll let's see what the response will be. 
you know and i think a lot of that really revolves around too is that man for 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 many of us man and, and it doesn't matter you know for for wherever you come from a lot of us deal have dealt with so much like rejection mm-hmm. um you know like being put down on certain things and being told we couldn't do certain things and and you know that that, that can really affect us man and so for you with you being able to be aware of that and now being able to kind of like reach out, talk to people. How do you, I mean, the, I know you said that it felt liberating. What else do you felt like it helped you with as far as, you know, your own well-being when you started being able to feel comfortable in doing that? Did, what, did you see any changes, other changes that helped? It also, gave, it also gives you or provides you with a, a different perspective. Because, you know, if, if we be honest as men, own perspective feels like the best perspective therefore it's the only perspective and we reject other perspectives mm-hmm. um, to where you're able to talk something out with someone and you get a different perspective it's like dang i never thought about it that way although and, and me being the the analytical person i am in my own mind Sometimes you can you can skip over that and not even think like, dang, okay, wait, God, man, man. And what you said was just so simplistic that it made so much sense, you know. Um, but to hear people's sides and 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 when you start talking about, it, you realize that they have stories that they struggled with or that they they went through similar situations or. You know, they had certain thoughts in their own mind. Like, really? Well, I would have never thought that because what I what what we do is we put our best face on. You know, we we try to we only show the side of us that we want people to really see and perceive us as. So when someone that you perceive to be this person and they comes and tell you the other side of them, you like you almost kind of taken back, which is like you almost relieve at the same token because you realize well. Whew, I'm not the only one, you know, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not the only one. Yeah. And I think that's the key right there. When you realize that, okay, you're not the only one dealing and struggling, you know, with, with things, it, it can help. I, I think for me, like last year, you know, like even going into 2021, um, just the beginning of the year, um, when I started having kind of more of these conversations and, and you know, talking to other people, like, you, you know, almost to get to the point where you're like, whatever, I'm just going to talk about it. And if anybody yeah. talks, you know, because you just felt so I, I felt like so stuck. And I was like, bro, I got to talk to somebody. And I don't even feel like I don't care how people look. And then you start talking and you're like, oh, wait a second. Hold on now. Like y'all having the same kind of thoughts that I'm having mm-hmm. and dealing with why, you know, it, this can help to 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 help me find some kind of solutions and kind of get unstuck so let me ask you this kind of and this kind of kind of can segue so when you started having these conversations i'm hearing kind of you know you're having these conversations you're you're hearing other guys other people that you know that you respect saying hey yeah i'm struggling with this or i might be dealing with this do you felt like some of that may have led you to kind of dig a little bit more to, to to find some help um, just as, you know, more than just, um, you know, just more than just like sending out feelers more, more along the lines of saying, Hey, look, I'm, I'm going to really, 
you know, talk to people and, and try and find some direction. Did that kind of evolve over time where you, where you felt more comfortable kind of asking for help, like in that sense? Oh, yeah, it definitely, it definitely evolved over time and, and you know, help. Um, but also, it made me address some of the things inside of me that maybe I put off for for years that I didn't want to address that was even there, you know, um, because we, we, we good at that, you know, we, <laughs> there's things inside of us that we should be addressing and, and we don't. Um, and we just, we pretend like it ain't there. The classic, uh, sweep it under the rug, pretend it ain't there because I ain't seen it, you know, it's not there, but really those are the things that may cause triggers inside of your life that you're not even aware of. Mm -hmm. Um, so that that helped me to to really dial back and and look back into to certain things and how certain things came about and um started really piecing piecing the puzzle together because if we think about it life is nothing but a big puzzle and you know we have all these pieces that have yet to be revealed they still uh face down and then as you start revealing you start putting together you start seeing the clear picture of how things turned out the way they did um hindsight 2020 obviously but you know you can look back on life and say man this was the best decision i made you know like because at the time you don't know what decision you you, you would have made yeah. like i can i can say now that carrie was my best decision in choosing a wife you know mm -hmm. you know when we first got married and we we separated i was unsure but as things evolved over the years, I can look back now, 20 years later, and say, that was my best choice for a wife. You know, the way she, 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 she loved me unconditionally and spoke positively into my life, the way she, she raised my kids and loved them and showed them. She's taught me so much about life and love that I didn't understand growing up. Not, and I, 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 I would be a fool to say that I, I didn't, I wasn't shown love as a kid. I, I, I wouldn't, I would be a fool to say that, but to be shown love and to be shown how to love is two, th two different things, mm -hmm. you know, to be shown love and to be able to be shown how to receive love. It's another side of things that I never really understood. So Carrie began to to teach me how to receive love and it was a fight <laughs> it was a fight because i was i was always brushing things off i was always pushing it off like you know uh even when i knew she had my best interest in mind her compliments didn't go they, they didn't fall on deaf ears but they always fell on on a on a uh on an analytical heart like i gotta analyze why she's telling me that you got my best interest you the one in my on my team you've been there for me but because i wasn't used to receiving that now she began to teach me and show me just just you know and she would tell me all the time just relax relax <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah uh, for real <laughs> i laugh because that's my wife bro she'd be like yo you need to chill like just you ain't need to always be like so like ah you know what i mean like yeah wow wow that's good 
That's good, man. And I think that if you think about it, man, that think about how, I mean, think about how many of us as men really need a good woman to say, hey, this is how you receive love. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, we, you know, not only that, but we as men have to know that we know we don't know how to receive love because I can I can look at you and I can assume because you grew up with your mom and your dad in your life like that, that you know how to receive love. It, it would never be the question of whether you were shown love, but I would assume that you know how to receive love because you were in that environment, you see. And so we go, we fall into this assumption uh, mindset. When we look at people, we just assume, oh, well, I mean, he's smiling. He got everything, got a good career. He's this, he's successful, he's this. And so we always assume that this person knows this side of love. And to be honest with you, that's not always the case. Um, because we don't know how people react to love. You know, some people see love and run. Some people yeah. see love and 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 they they embrace it. Some people see love and they and they, they they go into a corner. Some people, you know, different people react to love different ways. And we we don't know that off the surface. We only can assume because of what we see from what's being shown to us, but we can't really we can't really in how anyone is gonna receive love. You have kids, I have kids, you know. Mm -hmm. I my wife had to teach me how to love and receive love to be able to reciprocate that and show that to my kids and all my kids are going to receive it different you, you may have one that's that's real lovey you may have one that's that's not so lovey you may have one that's like okay and you may have one that's you know what I'm saying so kids receive love we can we we know this and just watching our own kids how they receive certain things so if we can see that and understand that with kids, how much more with us, we, we really have to acknowledge it because to, to just have a good woman, it's one thing. There's a lot of men that, that have had great women in their lives, but they end up divorced. And it could be to the fact that they, the guys, and I'm just making an assumption, I don't know no statistics or anything, they never knew how to receive love. Mm. Dang, yeah, I never thought about it like that. It's, but, but, it's... Go ahead, my bad, my bad, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, like, what man is really going to sit there and say, I don't know how to receive love? Like, once again, that's our, our, our masculinity bravado, our, our, you know, this thing, yes, I can love a woman. Give me the right woman, I'm going to love her. No, you, you can have the right woman. She can love you, but, you know, and you may love her, but what about when she's trying to love you back? You know, that's not a, a topic of conversation that men sit down and have to say, I don't know how to receive love. I can, I can, and we, okay, in the South, a man's act of love was to work and provide. Right. Mm -hmm. Just, just the generation, my, my uncles, my dad, that generation, it was never a, a, about them receiving love or feeling love or feeling unloved, you know, because their parents did never showed them that type of love. And I, I talked with my uncle about it. And he said, yeah, that was never my, my, my grandfather uh, never did or said certain things to this magnitude where the kids knew. But you know that you love. 
but to receive it is is something totally different. Um, and I, I think that started breaking a little more as your your parents, my parents, you know, began to try to show what they didn't receive, and now mm. we got the torch passed on to us that we wanna we wanna shower our kids with not only just words of love but actions of love and and say listen you know you need to start understanding how to receive love but men we that's not something we we would sit and have a sip some coffee with around around table and say man look i'm having a problem with feeling love you know that you know that that that's that would never be a topic of of conversation 20 years ago or even 15 years ago now Dang, even even five years ago bro five to be years ago. <laughs> yeah. right right but now but i mean w- w- when you talk about it though it's it's so important because what i mean like it, this is just what i'm hearing throughout this conversation because you know like i'm listening to we're, we're having this conversation and and a lot of what you're, you're saying keeps going it keeps touching back to your relationship with with your wife and like feeling love, like feeling worthy, like feeling, you know, because you you could say, you know, and I I would even challenge what you said a little bit is like, okay, we don't know how to receive love, even though we know we're loved. Like, you know, you made that statement. And I would say that I think a lot of us really, if you think about it, we didn't really know. You know, if we if we don't know how to receive love, then how do we know what being loved really feels like? Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we get older and yeah, we may chalk it up to what we experienced in our childhood and we say, yeah, we know we were loved, but if we never knew how to receive it, then how do we really know that that's what we were feeling and experiencing during that time? You know what I mean? Which is why we have some of the challenges that we have as we get older. Like we get with our wife that says, man, you're a good man, but you just don't know it yet. Well, if you never understood receiving love earlier and and getting that feedback, of course, it's now going to be a challenge as a man for your wife to say you're a good man, but you just don't know it yet. Well, you know what I'm saying? So I I think that, um, you know, when we look at... uh, when we look at this concept, because I highlighted that, I was like, man, I never really thought about that angle. Like, I, what if I don't know how to receive love as a man? Like, how do I work through that? You know what I mean? What does that look like? So I think that can, that can, uh, so now let me ask you this for you. Do you feel like with that, just that question, how did I receive love? Do you think that recently the things that you've been learning and experiencing have been helping you to understand that better and understand how to really embrace that as a, you know, as a man? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and it highlights how true love is not conditional. Mm-hmm. Because even within myself, my words would say my love was unconditional, but at times my actions could could abort my love being unconditional and make it seem like it's conditional. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, kind of say that again. Say it again. Let me so, see if I... I said, sometimes I, your, 
words can say that your love is unconditional, but at times your actions can make your love seem conditional. And what I mean, what I mean by that is that, <clears throat> yes, I love you. Yes, yes, I love you. I love you. I love you. But if I'm feeling a certain way and I shut myself off from the love I should be given by the words I just spoke about loving and I shut myself off, it can almost seem like my love becomes conditional because now I'm not letting you in to this area of my life or this area of my heart or, or this area of my mind or this area of my situation, you know, uh, and it almost seems like it's, it's being conditional because I may act or react a certain way in this in this moment. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. um, conditional love is, is, is not always permanent. It always shows glimpses of conditional, even though it may not be full fledged conditional. But, you know, that can be that can be misleading to some some people. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I what saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. And and I think that that too is kind of I think that just kind of comes with time, right? It comes with time of right. like learning what that that's supposed to look like, but I think what I what I what I would say that I, I definitely am proud of for you is like okay, being willing to say, "Hey, I I I don't know how to learn how to receive this love, so now I have to work through really figuring that out and really learning that in my own life." Um and really, really helping that. So let me ask you this. I, I, I think, you know, cause I know, I know we've been, we've been, we've been talking and, and I know we had, we had some questions and, and we kind of <laughs> touched on it, but, I, but I think, man, I, bro, I got a whole, man, I got a whole thing of notes uh, of what <laughs> you wrote and, and things that you talked about, man, because um, a lot of this really was powerful. And, and I think that a lot of men especially need to hear that. Okay. It's okay to have like these type of conversations like that. So where you're at now, as we kind of, you know, just kind of land a plane a little bit where you're at now, um, things that you've been learning, uh, things that we, you know, we just talked about how to receive love, how to, how to, um, you know, receive those compliments, th th those different things um in, in your own life where would you say that you're at now you know maybe mentally as a whole um with understanding those things in your 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 close relationships and you know even as a whole how where do you feel like you're at with what you've been learning um through some of these lessons um mentally and and as a whole as a man where do you feel like you're at right now with that well I would probably say that my outlook has become a lot broader with the respect to love because love is so, it's such a loosely used word in our society. Mm -hmm. And so, for instance, it's it's a running joke that I, I created some years ago. Uh, my wife, she's the I love you, I love you. Get on the phone, I love you. In the mid-conversation, I love you. Get off the phone day in, day out, I love you. And I'm not that's that's that was never me growing up, right? I never heard those words. Um, I love you all the time. So it was I, I knew 
that it was there, but I, I didn't say it. So um, the running the running joke is I got to a point where she would tell me all the time and I say, look, if anything change, I'll let you know. But right now I still love you. <laughs> I know you can. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I remember that, yeah. But, you know, now I understand how those words, not only just the words of love, but the the actions, the, the small little actions of of love, they they impact me a lot more as I start to let it resonate inside of me that I am really loved. And, uh, you know, I am learning how to give love back and receive that love because once again, it's a transitional phase that you, you can't even really tell that you're transitioning into. You just know that I used to be like this when it came to this topic of love, receiving love or showing love or, or whatever the case may be. I was this way, but now I see that I'm not that way as much as I was before. Is it mm -hmm. totally gone? No, but I know there's progress. And I always tell myself and I tell other people too, I say small progress is still progress. Um, so I, I feel that, you know, with the unconditional words from my wife and my kids, all three of my daughters, um, with their actions and, you know, <laughs> yeah. true story. I don't know what was going on with me. And I was, I was standing in the closet getting, getting ready to pick some clothes out for something. And I, I don't know what I was feeling. I'll be honest with you. And my daughter, she was standing right there. She said, do you need a hug? And, you know, as a, as a father, you would say yes, because that's your daughter asking for a hug. But when she asked me that, that really touched the core of me. And I'm like, yes. And she gave me a hug and it was like, almost like that exhale. Like, ah, oh, okay. Okay. My wife would tell me that all the time. I just need a hug. I didn't mm -hmm. understand it. I, I didn't understand it. So I couldn't, I couldn't really process what she was feeling or thinking at that time. But when my daughter did that, I was like, wow. Okay. The light bulb went off. Yeah. Yeah. But, but once again, there may be guys out there like that, that, that tell their kids or tell their wife, hey, I just need a hug. I just need, I just, you know. But for me, and I know a lot of guys that wasn't raised or may, I don't even want to call it a sensitive side, but, you know, that, that did something to me. Um, yeah. But once again, that's not a topic of conversation that you have at a round table sipping coffee. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, because for most of us, you think about it. I was just talking to a friend of mine about this. I said, if you think about it, man, when you look at, for a lot of men, when you look at our physical interaction, like growing up, when we physically interacted with other people, a lot of that physical interaction came in the form of some type of like physical pain. Right. Right. Either you was getting a whooping, mm -hmm. you was getting, you was fighting your cousin. Right. Yep. Y'all on the street and y'all slap boxing, hitting each other upside the head. Right. 
you're involved in some type of sport where you're like hitting somebody or like, you yep. know what I mean? So when you think about physical touch, you think me and my wife had this whole thing just recently where I learned, like I had to learn how to like hug my kids. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, like, you know what I mean? Like, and it's crazy to say that, like, it doesn't make sense to say, like, why would I need to learn that? But when, you, when, when, when you look at a lot of times for us as men, not like you said, not having these conversations where it's like, okay, we ain't sipping coffee talking about how I hugged my son today. Right. You know what I mean? Or like stuff like that. But in reality, we probably should because you probably, you know what I mean? It could probably avoid a lot of things um, down the but, road that could definitely help, you know? Well, it, it's funny you say that because. That was one of the things that I felt annoyed by when my wife would do that to me. She want to come hug me. She would want to come just touch me, just show some type of affection. And, and as she told me, that's, that's one of her love languages. I couldn't process that. That didn't resonate with me. That it was more, I, I felt it was more of annoyance. It's like, just stop, just stop. Okay. Just stop. Like I had enough. But as I got older, I've learned to, to realize like man you, you you need that sometimes you know yeah. you know not and not only you as a man but your kids need it your wife needs it you know what i'm saying uh so that's good that's good stuff man well kev hey look we've been we've been this is this has been a really good conversation bro i think you know like i said before i was thinking uh, of, of a certain direction but i think what you're talking about and what you brought up as far as especially with men like learning how to receive love men learning how to really embrace that i think is very helpful i think you know you, you mentioned it a couple times like this is not something that you might hear guys talk about you know, sipping coffee, but it probably needs to be something, right? You know, what right. I mean? it probably needs to be something. So I'm gonna ask you this, man. And you know, as we kind of wind down, I always like to try and ask uh, this question in some form, because, you know, I realize that there's a lot of people, there's a lot of, you know, individuals that might listen to this, and they're like, Oh, man, I, I might find myself you know, in a situation where I'm trying to learn or I'm trying to grow or I'm, I need help in something where you're at as a man right now, and it could be based on anything, but where you're at as an individual, as a man in your growth and, and, and things that you're going, what kind of advice would you give to someone? Maybe even if you looked at it, like maybe you five, 10 years ago, and you said, Hey, knowing where I'm at now, knowing some of the things that I'm experiencing right now, what kind of advice would you give somebody listening right now maybe your younger self on um you know how you can maybe pivot to, to just make life a little bit more you know easier and and uh and you know more uh i don't know better i, I don't know how else to word it but that's that's not what i'm thinking um this may sound crazy cliche right Surrender to love. And not just any love. Because there's, like I said, love is used so loosely these days that, you know, you hear it and the, the good side of us, the, the, the side of us that want to believe the best in, in people's words and actions are, 
are are genuine you know no not those words of love the love of of those that are around you that have that have shown you that their, 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 their love is tested it's proven it's it's solidified in 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 in, in stone it's it's you know it's there surrender to it and that would segue into your surrendering to the ultimate love which is god's love obviously you know um and i think maybe that's one of the reasons we have a an issue with surrendering to god because we never really understood what it was like to surrender to love in the physical soul process and how do i surrender to love in the spiritual almost kind of makes no sense it makes sense but it, it's, it's hard to process that so if i was to tell myself 20 years ago first getting married five years into marriage and this starts surrendering to love early because you start learning things and love starts carving things inside of you where life can flow through um but it also cuts things off of you that doesn't need to be there you know um uh, like the 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 rejection the the this and and all that and when you know that someone is truly loving you it it builds you up you know the bible talks about love building up um and had i learned that earlier on i would have been able to show it earlier to my kids now you know better late than never uh but <laughs> You know, for, for my kids to say, well, dad, I, I never seen that, that side of you. You cry. It, it took a funeral for my kids to ever see me cry. Not that's a not that that's a. A, a, a symbol of, of sensitivity, but, you know, they, they saw a side of me that they had never seen their entire life, you know, but I think had I. I surrendered early on and, and, and not been so, I, I, we could say prideful, but I, I wouldn't call it pride. I, or maybe we could call it pride, not want to show that side of me that I am surrendering to love, whether it be to my kids, dad, I, I made this for you, or dad, I did this, I just want to hug you. I just, you know, sometimes not being able, not showing that you surrender to love, those types of things, when love is given to you, seem like a, a burden it seemed like an annoyance it seemed like an irritation to you that you may not speak outrightly but you feel it on the inside but it, and it causes you to kind of distance yourself from being able to surrender and now and now knowing that i what it feels like after i surrendered i would tell myself 20 years ago and you should have did this sooner because look the look the fruits that is providing in your life and and now you know people that you're talking to you're able to give them some some wisdom behind the things that you learn and the things you've experienced and, and how it affected you and impacted you and uh you know for some people it ruined them there, there's no bouncing back from it you know um and and and, and some of us we survived it we we're here to tell a story we're here to share our story, our testimony, and and tell it, and you know, surrender is a powerful, powerful thing that goes neglected. I, I would say. Mm -hmm. Dang, that's good. 
that's good, man. Surrender, man. That is, bro. I I don't think that she could have. I'm not gonna add any more to it. You know how people mess it up at the end when you say something good and they be like, ah, I wanna. I'm not gonna add anything else to the end of it because I think those three words, man. I I think you really summed it up. There's a lot of us as men as men that need to learn that. Um, there's a lot of us in life in general that really need to learn that man is learning how to surrender to love. So I appreciate that, man, man, that's good. Ooh, that's good. That's good. Well, Hey man, Kev, I appreciate you. I know I've been harassing you for a little while to, to, to hop on here. I, like I, I mentioned in the beginning, man, you have always, you've been a dear friend of me. I've always admired you. We, we're, we're talking compliments here, so you're going to have to take them. I know we were talking that earlier, <laughs> right? So you yeah. have to take them, man. I've always admired you, man, your your, your way of, of of how you've carried yourself, bro, over these years, man. And, and uh, you know, 20 years, you and Carrie being married. And, and I, you know, I, 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 I know I didn't really know and interact a lot um you know during that time period but but i mean over the years man I always looked up to you as, as a good brother man as a good friend and so i appreciate you finally getting on i think that what we talked about today for sure is uh you know really going to help some 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 folks out man just listening um and i think you summed it up in those last three words man really just learning how to surrender to love there's a lot of us um in our world right now and in life right now that really needs some healing and really needs some uh some um you know just uh just 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 a just a total newness and new healing man so this has been nick life recreated show man until next time keep learning keep healing and keep growing